Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been, it's, you know, a real pleasure to have you with me. And my next guest is going to talk to you about something that's on a lot of your minds. Um, uh, his name is Jim Muehlhausen, and he is the founder of a company called Half Retire. You, you heard that right, Half Retire. The company's based in Indianapolis. And we're going to talk about how to keep your business income but ditch the stress of running your business via this strategy called Half Retire. So, Jim, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Thank you, Jim. Uh, so before we get into this this uh, concept, and it's a fascinating concept, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners should probably be getting a, a pen and a notepad right about now to take some good notes. Jim, tell us about how you about your background and how you got into this business. Yeah, so I'm one of those guys that grew up with a family business and, you know, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. So through the course of owning a lot of businesses, I ended up in the peer group business and have worked with a lot of clients. In fact, I counted at one point, I've had 10,000 one-on-one live meetings with clients. And when you do that many sessions, you start to see patterns. And so having, I've owned a manufacturing company. I actually bought some Meineke franchises while I was in law school. I have a accounting background by education, but I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business guy. And I think like a business owner and in doing so, you start to see that there was this pattern and I started to see it about 10 years ago. And that was all these people were turning 65. They were supposed to be selling their businesses and they weren't doing it. And I said that it kind of threw the exit community on, on its head a little bit. And you start going, well, I wonder why that is. I'm not really an exit guy. I'm, I'm a business coach. Why are people not retiring? And I found that there was a couple of reasons. I think the first is that baby boomers really don't want to get the gold watch and go play golf every day, that they like staying active. Their business is a great way to do that. They really didn't have an interest in doing what our parents considered retirement. They wanted something different. And that was a smaller percentage. The big percentage of what I saw in businesses, let's call them businesses under $20 million in revenue, was that these people could not afford to retire. Mm-hmm. Common example, you've got someone owns a business. Uh, they make $300,000 a year from the business. They've got a company car. They've got all the perks that go with it. And they've built themselves a nice life. Maybe not in Southern California, but here in Indianapolis, 300000 goes a lot further. Let's call it half a million in your neck of the woods. But a, a nice livelihood, right? 
And so they eventually they go, well, gee, I should sell this thing. I wonder what it's worth. And then they go get a, a million dollar valuation or a $700,000 valuation. And they start running the math and they go, uh, I don't like that very much. It, the numbers don't work. I literally cannot afford to retire if I'd like to live the life that I have grown accustomed to living. And that's a big percentage of small business owners, at least the ones that I was seeing. And so you start Absolutely to think right. about, well, what's right. the way out of this box? I'm sure you see it all the time, too. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get out of this unsolvable problem? You can't really sell it. At some point, your health gives out. You can't keep running as hard as you ran at 50 when you're 70. I mean, I even talked to 80-year-olds that are still trying to run full blast. And so what we did was come up with best practices that business owners were using, concepts that we already knew work, and kind of formulate them into this thing called half-retire with several goals, but the big goal being financial, and that is, how do I keep the equity income from the business? You know, if I own Google stock, I make money off of owning Google stock. They, they don't pay a dividend, but let's say I owned one that did own a dividend. I get paid just to be the owner. I don't need to show up in Cupertino and say, what's the work I need to do today? I just get paid to be right. an owner. How do I shift from having to show up every day in my business and having things kind of fall apart on me if I don't show up? your earned income, or as we like to call it, hard-earned income, to equity income. And that's what half retirement's designed to do, is shift from hard-earned income to equity income, get paid to own the business, and reduce your work, but not get rid of it. Do the work you like, get rid of the work you don't like, and then keep that 300000 or whatever the magic number is to you uh, as your reward for all that hard work you've put in building the business. Great. Great points, and you're you're preaching to the choir here. You're, there's, you know, the statistics are that a, a business owner that goes to a business broker has about a one in ten chance that they're going to sell their business uh, these days. And and for some of the reasons that you outlined is, you know, they're first of all, it's not their job. It's something that they built, and they they built it to suit themselves. And and they they may not enjoy all of it, but they enjoy a lot of it. They enjoy what they've built, and there's parts of it that they really enjoy. And second is like you said. If you sell your business, a lot of businesses are better as an income asset than as a as a hard asset, especially after taxes and low investment yields, if at all, in the market these days. Uh, very difficult to to make that kind of income. And I think another area that you said is uh, retirement just isn't as much fun as people crack it up to be, uh, unless you're, you know, unless you. For some people, will say, you know, I have. I have grandkids, I have family, you know, I have a lot of that. But a lot of people don't have that. They don't have a hobby even because they've been so busy working on their business. So what is, what are the, what are the uh, basic premises and, um, and tools of half retirement? Yeah, so we said about creating, you know, what's the process, right? You know, I was in manufacturing, so I like process in my family business. We made springs. You know, that was manufacturing as well. Mm-hmm. And so I always want to figure out, okay, what's the, you know, what's the formula, right? People always want to know what's next. Business owners are very action-oriented. What do I do next? So we have this six-step process, and I'm going to focus on the second step because it surprised me as we're, we're writing a book on this as we speak. It's about half written. And I've been a little bit surprised because I always figured it was going to be about what do you do to remove yourself as the key gear in this machine. I thought that was going to be right. the process. And I was wrong. It turns out that there's a step before that. That's a big piece. We call it the Jenga piece. And the, I'll tell you the Jenga test real quick. If you've ever played the game Jenga with the wood pieces, yep. yeah. <laughs> you, know, you ever pushed on a piece in the middle 
and like the whole tower spun on you or that, you know, you thought it would move and that piece was really, really stuck. And you realized if you tried to push that piece out, that whole sucker was going over. Well, Mm -hmm. in our world, we call that piece you, that you are that stuck Jenga piece, and we've got to get that thing out of there without tipping the tower over. But if you play Jenga, you know that you can move other pieces around, shift the way the business runs, and all of a sudden that stuck piece gets unstuck. That's what we do. We figure out how to get you unstuck from the operations of your business. But before that, we have to work on your mindsets. We have a big list of what we call a mindset remapping. So, for instance, there's a little saying that we like to use. We say, you can get things done the way you like them done, or you can half retire. Mm-hmm. That is very difficult. You've met, it sounds like you've met a lot of business owners. You know how difficult that can be, right? I want it done like this. You have to be pragmatic is the short version. Right. And learn that good enough is good enough for some things. It's not good enough when you're operating on my knee. I'd like perfection. But on some things, good enough is good enough because if you have to have it done exactly the way that you want, how you want, when you want, you know what that's called? Stay at your desk for 50 hours a week. Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 in in many cases, the owners um, would be very happy if they could get the work at least good enough is good enough to uh, 80 or 90 percent and then they could finish it. Right. Is that part of the, the, the precept or the concept, too? Could be. We, we, uh, you're kind of alluding to a key concept that we call the Picasso work. If you think about selling a painting for a million dollars, okay, and I know Picasso's dead, so he's not going to be painting much these days. But if you wanted to sell a Picasso painting for a million dollars, there's a whole bunch of things that need to happen, right? What's going to get painted, finding the paint, mixing the paint, stretching the canvas, selling it, all of that. But only one thing has to be done by Picasso in order for that system to work. And that is touch the brush to the canvas. That's what makes it a Mm -hmm. Picasso. And business owners have their Picasso work. The stuff that really is worth a thousand or for $5,000 an hour, the stuff that it just won't work. No one else can do it, et cetera. But what we do as human beings is we bundle. There's this piece of the work that really is Picasso work. It's undelegable and no one can or should do it for you. But then we mm-hmm. bundle 38 other things with it and call it that no one else can help me. But they could help you on right. 35 out of the 38 steps. And right. usually you can't figure it out yourself. It takes somebody else figuring it out with you or for you. But once you break your work down to that Picasso work, now you've just figured out how you can be there 10 hours a week instead of 50. Excellent. Excellent. That gives you that gives you back what most people are looking for, which is a, a time to take a breath, maybe time to work more on the things they love in the business if they can get less, you know, get away from the things that they hate. Right. Now that's a big, a, a big part of it is quality of life, and uh, and I find that a lot of owners really enjoy if they can take time off and and relax, but stay in the game. Is that what you're finding? Yeah, so we work with a lot of people in construction, for instance, and a common complaint in that world is the estimating or the quoting or you know putting the whole package together, if you will. And every single one of them, the first time they talk to us, is like, well, no one else can do it. And they're probably right. No one else can do it yeah. the way that it is currently. But as you get into it and break it down, we have a process we call fever that we use for, for breaking this stuff down. We do it through the lens of the Picasso work, and you start figuring out, okay, what is the special genius that you bring to this? You know, you didn't come out of the womb knowing how to do this. You learned, which means somebody else probably can too. Maybe they're not in the building. Maybe they are. 
but how can we mm-hmm. how can we fractionalize this? We call it fractionalization. How do you fractionalize this and get it so it's not so dependent on you that you can get some help? It's never as simple as delegation. It's never just you do it instead of me. That's about 10%. Everybody thinks it's 100. It's about 10% of the process is delegation. Sometimes you just choose not to do it. You know, I, I had a big construction client in Pennsylvania that we just decided to stop quoting a certain type of work because once we got into it, he realized that it was taking a bunch of time. He was almost never winning. And we just came up with a template that we sent these people and said, Hey, if you want to learn more, let us know. Okay. So in, in situations like that, I mean, and, and you're hitting on uh, uh, an important topic, I think that, uh, that I find is very important that business owners find themselves doing a lot of everything instead of a little bit of, of something. And um, as they move towards that, like you said, they need to fractionalize, break it down, create a process that someone else can follow easily, and then hopefully, you know, it, the work gets done through a, a checklist type of a situation, uh, a, a kind of a check-it business instead of a do-it business, if you will. Uh, along the way, uh, they also, of course, if they plan to stay and, and keep ownership of the business, they need to still have a plan for what happens if anything happens. How do you address that? Yeah, we leave that more to the exit planner. Some of that's legal, right? You know, we, we don't focus on the legal. We actually work with a lot of the exit community or financial planners because that's not what we do. What we do for those people is help maintain the assets or increase the, you know, we, we've got a spreadsheet that everybody can download on our half-retire website called the 44% rule that will show you just how much it's worth to half-retire. It's almost always worth several million dollars to half-retire versus if you don't have a sellable business, right? If you can sell it for a 12 multiple, get a big pile of money, good for you. But a lot of people right. can't. And if you can't, this is a great additional option. To me, it's a new option that hasn't been out there in the in the exit world. Uh, You know, but back back to what you were saying, step five in our process is we call it set the autopilot. And that would be so that's everything from running it from a running your business from a quick and easy dashboard, having flash meetings instead of regular meetings and having a way to maintain control of that business, in particular financial control without having to be there managing with your eyeballs 50 hours a week. Right, right, which is exactly what most people want to want to get away from is uh, being on site all the time. Now, um, do you work, do you find this works with family businesses? Oh, we have a ton of family businesses, yeah. I grew up with one, I get it, you know, we had that Hatfields and McCoys thing going on in ours, just like a lot of them do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just trickier, right? You know, firing your brother is no fun sometimes. Or you know, the one that we get a lot in family business that's really surprised me is my kids aren't capable of running the business. hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, my kids don't want it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes nobody asks the kids uh, what, their, what their outlook is on it, too. I find that there's a lot of assumptions built into that. You know, I went into a business owner's office, a car dealership actually, and behind him on the wall was a giant screen TV and he had it he had it bifurcated into into nine different screens and each one showed him uh, either a number or a video feed of something that was happening within his 
business with you know with it on the lot you know what either uh, sales calls happening or problems or or looking at the bay to make sure workers were working and I thought now that guy's got a great system he's got this dashboard system let's talk a little bit more about the dashboard system because I think not enough people pay attention to that and how that can help you really be uh, a part-time owner if you will yeah, it's really important, and I kind of learned it from a friend of mine. I had a friend that uh, was the CFO of a company that eventually got bought by Manpower, and they were funded by a VC in Chicago that had funded Blockbuster, so very sophisticated, successful uh, venture capitalist. And once a month, he and two or three other executives were summoned to Chicago, and they all got 15 minutes apiece to say, Here's the five KPIs, and in his case, it was you know average billable per hour and utilization percentage, and you know you could probably guess what they were. But the point was, he was grilled on these. If they were green light, they moved on. If it was yellow or red, and his job was to keep them abreast of all those KPIs, address the problems, fix the problems, etc. And all of a sudden, it just hit me over the head, and I said, "These guys in Chicago are running this business that's in Milwaukee in, right. in a couple of hours a month." And you go, "That is pretty cool." how they are doing that, that the people that were theoretically the CEO, the CFO, the COO, were really just, to some extent, the puppets of the guys in Chicago. And you go, that's the way we need to do it. That's beautiful. That That's exactly what, what a lot of people would need, you know, red light, yellow light, green light, and, and you know what to focus on and what's working well. Uh, Jim, your process now, is this uh, – is this something that – how do business owners go through the whole process? I, I know how they can go to your website to learn more about it. Do they go through it on their own with with your help, with a coach's help? How, how does it work? Both, yeah. So we have a – we'll call it a do-it-yourself program that is primarily education. That is a $100-a-month program. You'll see that on the main page of the website. And so it's got a, a robust learning management system, an online training portal that is a step-by-step process just like everybody would like it. You know, with the green check marks as you finish each lesson, the worksheets, the exercises, all the to-dos is there. We also augment that same training program with one-on-one coaching. We've got a private group of other business owners that are half retiring around the country and, I guess, around the world, most are in North America at this point. Uh, but all, uh, you know, the Facebook group, all that stuff that you would throw in as well for people that want to do it more with other people than on their own, but we do offer both. Excellent. Excellent. And so, uh, it sounds to me like, like you said, there's a lot of people that focus on the overall exit plan out there these days. There's a lot of professionals and some of them are CPAs and attorneys and financial planners that say, I want to help owners develop their exit plan. But this is a piece that they can, that, that is missing in a lot of cases that owners are looking for. And so I think you've really hit on something here. I'm really excited for our listeners to learn about it and to, to also know, you know, how long, how long do they stay in it as long as it takes? They just keep seeing improvements, and or, or are, is there a, a length of time that they expect to, after which time they kind of graduate? Yeah, very good question. I think you graduate when you want to graduate because it's a moving bar. I mean, I always talk to people and say, man, if I could just get back to 40 hours a week, I'd be so happy. And then they get to 40 hours a week and they go, you know, if I could get to 30 hours a week, I'd be even happier. Yeah. Uh, and so they'll move the bar, which which is great, right? I mean, uh, the current, we have this, we have a Hall of Fame. We call it the Half Retire Hall of Fame. The current leader of the Half Retire Hall of Fame did not set foot in his business for two and a half years. 
and made a very wow. enviable income. I won't say what it was, but we would all be happy with how much he made. Uh, so you can, you know, you can set the bar very, very high. I've got a lot of people that really just want the chaos and the stress to end. If, if you had well, to be you know, brutally transparent. Yeah, and in the world of, of uh, exit planning, it, it's been said many times that you know you, you have to examine your your business value and your business offers. And oftentimes, what what business owners are looking at is, you know, if I could just if I could just uh, keep my business for three or four years. Uh, and and be able to harvest the money and put it in the bank in three or four years. I'll have the money I would have gotten from selling the business, but I'll still have the business. And at the, if I just don't, if I can go under this type of a program and not have to work so hard at keeping the business, uh, hell, at, at at the end of that three or four years, I could give the business away and be ahead of selling it today. That that's that's the real world situation that a lot of owners are looking at, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I'm even going to throw a cherry on top in that if you do the work in our program and you make the positive changes that are there, your business now becomes less dependent upon you. And that is an easier to sell business and you probably will sell it for more on top of it. So not only will you get that income for the three years, but the business will be more valuable in three years than it is today. Excellent point. Excellent point. And that's, of course, something that everybody strives for is working on making their business more valuable, more sustainable, more transferable at some point. Um, and uh, could you could you leave us, uh, our listeners, with uh, uh, three brief tips, ideas, or precautions on, on uh, things that you see that they should be working on on a regular, uh, that routinely that you see out there? Yeah, the first one would be, and I always challenge people by my speeches or my webinars, of either half retirement or something along those lines makes sense or it does not make sense. And for a lot of business owners, for all the things we've been talking about, it makes sense. But the time to decide whether it makes sense is sooner rather than later, because if you think of it as, say, a fork in the road, one of my big frustrations is I see business owners where it makes a lot of sense, and then they're so busy doing the doing that they just effectively procrastinate. There's no other word for it. And then I get an email from them a year later and they go, boy, I sure wish I would have started the first time that I talked to you. And it's like, exactly. It's not backbreaking. You know, back to what you said before, we tell people, if you can't find five extra hours in the first month, you're not doing something right. You know, call us, we will help you. There is five hours to find in the very first month. And then you can re-leverage that to, to positive snowball and get even more hours back. You know, we've got obviously some really terrific success stories of what people have accomplished in three months, but how much you accomplish is going to be dependent on the business, right? If it runs pretty clean, then it'll go faster than if it's a train wreck and everything revolves around you. And you, you haven't taken a vacation in five years because you know it'll fall apart. That's not going to happen in three months. It'll take longer to unwind. The, the second point would be, you know, please take advantage of the free resources we've got. We've got a great blueprint that you can download. Lots of free stuff on our, on our website. Uh, take advantage of the, the webinars that we do or the short course that we have. All this stuff is free because, you know, our job is helping business owners bridge this gap uh, that they've got. And then the third thing is you need to be prepared if you want to do something like this to be willing to change the way you run your business. You know, it really can be flipping a light switch. Some of these success stories that are like, holy cow, you know, would blow the top of your head off uh, with excitement are about people that really quickly realize that the mindset that helped them get their business from A to B is not the one that will help them retire. We talk about shifting from growth to harvest. If your business is an apple orchard, those trees are already grown. It's time to just pick up the fruit. 
not worry about fertilizing and all the things that we do. And that's a shift of mindset. And if you're not prepared to really look at how you do everything, look at your business model. One of the books I wrote was Business Models for Dummies for Wiley. And it's come in handy with this. It surprised me. I thought it would not play, but it does. Sometimes you really need to look at your business model. Because your business model is built on you at the center of everything. And if you don't fix that, you're never going to see Europe. Well, that's a great point. And and one I wanted to bring home to our listeners is that if you think your business is so dysfunctional or so special that it can't adapt to something like this, that's all on you because because you built it that way. And it's time to take some action. You know, uh, they've all. You know, we've always said here: exit planning and succession planning. All this stuff, this transition, doesn't happen overnight. What you need to do is adopt some tools and strategies and, and a new mindset. And this is a great way to do it. And Jim, I'm going to tell our list, our listeners that they can go to uh, halfretire.com. But there's also a special. Uh, website behind that where they can get right to your blueprint. Is it okay to give out that that URL Absolutely. as well? Absolutely, sure. Yeah, feel okay. free to, to okay. give them that, and then they'll get in our loop and they'll get offered the webinar, etc. Okay, so grab your pen. Here you go. It's go. dot dot com forward slash blueprint. So I'm going to give that to you one more time, listeners. Go. dot dot com forward slash Blueprint. You have absolutely nothing to lose and no obligation to go look at that. Why wouldn't you? That should be the next thing you do right after hearing this episode, and I hope you will. Jim, we are just uh, scratching the surface of this exciting concept that you've developed, and I would hope that we can um, have you back on and talk about in depth a little bit more about some of these things and help our listeners really uh, get the idea that they can uh, find a solution using this process, and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing it with us. Well, thanks for having me, Bill, and it's always great to talk about these important topics to the right audience, so thanks again. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 